Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 18. The Scripture reads, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Our Heavenly Father, as we study Your Word tonight, we do so in the name of Jesus. We invite the Holy Ghost to be our teacher and to be our guide, to enlighten us, to instruct us, and to enlarge our capacity to receive revelation knowledge of all things that pertain to life and godliness. I thank You for making my tongue as the pen of a ready writer to proclaim with boldness, accuracy, and truth your holy word. Think through my thoughts and speak through my lips, Father God, that I may effectively communicate your message unto our lives. For all that's achieved among us, we'll be quick to give you the glory, honor, and praise because you're deserving of it. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, if you'll study under the Apostle Paul, you'll discover that he always exhorted believers to give thanks unto the Lord. And not only to give thanks, but to also maintain a thankful heart. Whether it be before God or before man. In other words, he wanted believers to appreciate God himself and his fellow man. If you read throughout the New Testament, you'll hear expressions such as these. Thanks be unto God. And then after that, all kinds of different things that we're supposed to thank God for. Thanks be unto God for His unspeakable gift. Of course, His unspeakable gift being Jesus Christ. He was very thankful to God for Jesus. He was also saying things like, Thanks be unto God who has delivered me from this body of death. In other words, He was very thankful to be delivered from sin. He was thankful for victory over the flesh itself. He was thankful to God because He was free from the law of sin and death and that the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus ruled His heart and His mind. He was also thankful to God for His friends and His fellow laborers, co-laborers and colleagues in the Lord. He was also thankful to be triumphant over all circumstances that he faced in life. He was thankful to God for his leadership, direction, and guidance throughout his life. And he was always one to be quick to give thanks to God for all things. And finally, he was extremely grateful and thankful to God for the resurrection of the dead. He appreciated so much that his labor would not be in vain, but that there would be a resurrection and after which a crown of righteousness and glory would be his. And so as you study under the Apostle Paul who said himself that we are to be followers of those who through faith and patience inherit the promise, you will discover a person who was very thankful and very grateful to God Almighty. And He instructs us here in this particular passage of Scripture to also give thanks to God for all things. As a matter of fact, I believe, if you read the Scripture carefully, you will discover that it's the will of God that we give thanks. For He says here in this verse, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you and concerning me. In other words, if I want to be actively involved in the will of God for my life, then I should be daily giving thanks to Him in all things. Now, it's very important that we understand that the Apostle said that we are to in everything give thanks. It doesn't necessarily mean that we give thanks for everything that comes our way because we know that some things that come our way are not coming from God. 
But in those things, we still are instructed in the Word to give thanks to God. Why? Because in Him, we are victorious over those things that come against us in life. Jesus says, in the world you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer. Be of a grateful spirit. Maintain a spirit of gratitude because I have overcome the world. And so, although something has come our way that is adverse, still we can give thanks to God knowing that in Him we have the victory. So He's stating to us here that we are to in everything give thanks unto the Lord because it is His will for our lives. Now, why is it so important that believers maintain a grateful heart and a thankful spirit? Well, if you're taking notes, number one, the main and primary reason why every single one of us should develop a thankful heart is because it displeases the heart of God when we display an ungrateful spirit. As a matter of fact, if you remember the story of the ten lepers, you'll recall the fact that Jesus healed them all. And as they departed and left to go show to the priest that they were healed and set free by the power of God, one fellow turned around and went back and gave thanks to Jesus for what he had done. And immediately Jesus said, were there not ten that were healed and only this one returns to give thanks? You can only imagine how the Father's heart is touched when people fail to give Him thanks because He is so good. He is so wonderful. He is so great. He is so marvelous. He is so caring. He's so good to all of His people. And all He asks is that we in turn give thanks to Him for how good He is. As a parent, don't you appreciate it when your children appreciate you? And when they thank you for the little things you do for them in this life? Doesn't it Fill your heart with a sense of satisfaction and fulfillment when you hear your youngster say, Mommy, Daddy, thank you. I appreciate you so much. Doesn't that thrill your soul to hear those words? Well, that's how Jesus felt. And that's how the Father God feels. He loves to hear His children be grateful and appreciate him for all that He is and for all that he, that, that he does. And so Jesus was somewhat displeased, or we should say somewhat let down, because the other nine did not come back to give thanks. And if you think about it, those others were probably more used to just receiving and just taking off and not even being bothered with showing their appreciation to people. You know, if you develop that kind of a spirit and that kind of an attitude, it's very easy just to receive something and not really appreciate what the person has done for you. But this other individual, he was very conscious of the fact that someone did a great deed for him. And so with all the love and appreciation and gratitude in his heart, before even following the rest, he turned back. And you know, that's not an easy thing to do. Usually when you're following the crowd and the ten of them were all going to show the priest that they were healed. Usually, one person just to walk away from that or to go another direction is not an easy thing to do. Should I or shouldn't I? I guess I should go with the flow. But he said, no, it's more important for me to go back and say thank you than it is to continue on with the others and show the priest that I've been healed. This man had a grateful heart, and this man had a thankful spirit. And so he returned to give thanks. Another reason, the second reason why it's important for us to develop a thankful spirit before God is because it destroys relationships if we don't. I want you to turn with me to Second Timothy, if you would, please. If you're close by there, just 
turn ahead to Second Timothy in chapter three. Whenever we fail to develop a thankful spirit, we destroy relationships either within the home or with other people, within the body of Christ, within the workplace, or wherever. But I want you to notice that truth revealed to us in 2 Timothy chapter 3. This know also, this is verse 1, that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents. Now listen carefully. Disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. Unthankful, unholy. We live in a society today that it's very easy for our children to be unthankful because we have been blessed so much in this country and our children have so much. For the most part, it's to be expected. You know, we, we hear some of the elderly brothers and sisters of the Lord talk about the days of the Depression. And it's very difficult for many of us to, let's say, relate to that era, that particular period of time. Yet I can remember my grandfather talking about it and talking about how it was something to have a, a nickel to go to the corner store and get yourself a popsicle or something like that. And I guarantee you that when the youngsters were given that little nickel just so that they can go down to the corner store and get that popsicle, they were so appreciative. Why? Because they weren't used to getting so much. And the smallest thing meant so much to them. During that time, you know, we talk about Christmas and, and how it's been overplayed today and, and commercialized today and all that. And, you know, sometimes children get so many gifts that they don't really appreciate one of them. They play with the thing for about ten minutes, if that long, and they're on to the next, and the other one's old already and forget that. And, you know, you think about all these games that come out, these computerized games and all that. You know, you start with the one that first came out and they get a hold of that, but that, that's outdated now. You can't have anything like that anymore. That's outdated. We've got to get the next one. Right? How long does that last? That's a bore. And then when the next one comes out, let's get that. And unconsciously, what's happening is we're developing within their lives, society is an unthankful spirit. One that doesn't appreciate things. I think that's probably one of the biggest cries of those people that lived during that time that people today just don't appreciate the things that they have. You know, and we take things for granted. It's wonderful to, to lavish our children with all kinds of wonderful things. But the most important thing is to develop within their hearts and within their lives a spirit of gratitude so that they can appreciate all those wonderful things that they do receive in this life and get also from God. And so we see here it's important for us to develop also an attitude of thankfulness with even, even with regard to our relationships. Here we see children being unthankful toward their parents. Not really you know, all that thankful for what a parent does for a child in society. And that would be a mark of the end times. And, you know, and we see that coming to pass. We see that happening in society today. But it's also true with regard to all kinds of relationships. Appreciating each other. Thanking God for each other. I want to show you the attitude the Apostle Paul had with regard to being thankful. Look at Philippians chapter 1. And as we read these words, we're going to look at verse 3, but as we read these words, I want you to begin just to, on the inside of you, sense the spirit in which these words were written. Sense the sincerity of heart in which these words were written as the Apostle Paul, inspired by the Holy Ghost, wrote them. Listen to verse 3, chapter 1, Philippians. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. 
I want you to think about relationships today as I read through this. And I want you to think about how many people there are in your life that you can say you are sincerely grateful for. Someone that you can turn to and say, I know the heart of that person. And I know that person really cares about me. And I really care about that person also. I'm really thankful for that person in my life. I really care about that person in my life. Paul said, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you, all making requests with joy. Did you hear that? Can you see the attitude that this man had and how he felt about people? He actually treated believers as though they were his brother and sister in Christ. Like flesh. It sounds like the man really cared. Doesn't it? For your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. He thought about these people. He was sincere about these people. I want you to turn to Romans. We're close by here. Going back to Romans chapter 16, and I want you to just to listen a little bit once again. As Paul writes, and if you can, just, just look on the inside of yourself and see the sincerity of heart. Listen to what this man is actually saying. And look at how he feels about other people in the Lord. Listen carefully. As we attempt to get through some of these names, I beg mercy. <laughs> I commend unto you Phoebe, our sister, which is a servant of the church, which is at Sancria, that you receive her in the Lord as become its saints, and that you assist her in whatsoever business she hath need of you. For she hath been a, a succorer of many and of myself also. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my helpers in Christ Jesus, who have for my life laid down their own necks, unto whom not only I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles. Likewise, greet the church that is in their house. Salute my well-beloved Apenitus, who is the firstfruits of Achaia unto Christ. Greet Mary, who bestowed much labor on us. Salute Andronicus and Junia, my kinsmen, and my fellow prisoners, who are of note among the apostles, who also were in Christ before me. Greet Amplius, my beloved in the Lord. Can you hear the language? Can you sense the sincerity? It's almost as if this is his family. He loves these people so much. It is a grateful spirit that he has for humanity. He loves people. He cares about people. Salute Urbane, our helper in Christ, and Stachus, my beloved. Salute Apolles, approved in Christ. Salute them, which are of Aristobulus' household. Salute Herodian, my kinsman. Greet them that be of the household of Narcissus, which are in the Lord. Salute Tryphena and Tryphosa, who labor in the Lord. Salute the beloved Persis, which labored much. In the Lord. Salute Rufus, chosen in the Lord, and his mother in mine. Salute Asyncritus, Phlegon, Hermas, Patrobus, Hermes, and the brethren which are with them. Salute Philologris, and Julia, Nereus, and his sister, Olympus, and all the saints which are with them. Salute one another with an holy kiss. 
The churches of Christ salute you. You know, as I read through that, you kind of wonder, why do we have all that in there? But Paul lists over 30 individuals that he just poured his heart out to and loved so dearly. He was thankful to God. As a matter of fact, when he says, I daily mention you in my prayers, after reading that, I believe he did. Do you? I really believe he did. But he loved them. Did not want to leave out a soul. Everyone was dear to him. Everyone was precious to him. In other words, he wasn't concerned about their shortcomings. He wasn't concerned about their faults. He wasn't concerned about the negative characteristics that they had in their life. He loved them as individuals in Christ. He saw, he said himself, he saw beyond their flesh. I know no man after the flesh, only after Christ. For if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. All things are become new. And I love them. He named over 30 right here. And sadly enough to say today, sometimes we wonder, can we even name five? That you can sincerely say, you know, I just really thank God for you. I salute you in Jesus. Without really being grateful for each other, relationships can be destroyed. Whether it be in a marriage, a family, friendships, workplace, the body of Christ. Thirdly, why should we develop and maintain a thankful heart before God? You can write these verses of Scripture down. Deuteronomy 28, 47 and 48 because it takes away from our own lives and it wounds us spiritually if we are not thankful within our hearts. It takes away from us spiritually. That verse of Scripture says, because you serve not the Lord your God with joyfulness and gladness of heart for the abundance of all things, you will serve your enemy in lack and in one of all things. He'll put a yoke of iron about your neck and you'll be chained up with fetters of iron until you're destroyed. In other words, when a person does not see good things in other people and a person, you know, really has the opinion or the attitude that I can live separated or segregated from other people, I don't need anybody else in my life. When they're not thankful for the people that God has put around them and they don't make any effort to live at peace with all men, then there's something sadly lacking on the inside of that person because we've been made, created to need each other and to need like precious fellowship. And what happens is the person on the inside who is ungrateful and unthankful begins to hurt himself spiritually because he doesn't see the good there is in other people's lives. And so it's important to maintain a thankful type spirit and heart attitude so that we can promote our own spiritual growth and development in God. Now, the next points I'd like to bring out is how do I develop or maintain a thankful spirit before God? How can I possibly do that? Well, beloved, I believe first and foremost, every single one of us is a creature of habit. Human beings are creatures of habit. And unless we learn to develop habits and make ourselves develop right habits, the flesh will always dominate us and help us develop habits that are wrong. Do you ever find that to be true? So step number one in learning how to develop and maintain a thankful heart and a grateful spirit is get yourself into the habit of being thankful. There are many things in this life for which to be thankful and for which to give thanks to God. And the very first thing every single one of us should give thanks to God for on a day-by-day -day basis is Life itself. There are people that wake up in the morning and they say, Oh no, I'm alive again. Isn't that true? Another day. Another Monday. 
another work day, another school day. And you can see right there, there is something lacking on the inside. Because you see, beloved, life is precious. We do not create life. Only God is the creator of life. Isn't that true? Life is a precious gift from God. For if it were not for God, there'd be no life. But you and I are alive today because God has blessed us with life. Aren't you thankful to be alive today? To wake up in the morning hours and take in that deep breath and know that your God saw you through the night. And there's the dawning of a brand new day a new day in which you can live and enjoy life. Breathe in the fresh air. Amen. And enjoy everything that life has to offer. But if a person is not conscious of that, then you see life to them is meaningless. And really, that is saying a precious gift that has come to us from God, that God has given is just cast aside and not appreciated. It's like you go out and buy your child that one gift that you thought they would just love and appreciate so much. And then when they look at it and they say, oh, hmm, thanks and go play with the other ones or go do something else. Do you see what I mean? And it kind of hurts you because... You thought that's what they wanted so badly, but yet they were not happy. Beloved, how do you think God looks upon the heart that says, another day, another day I've got to live? Think about it. When He, with all of His love and greatness, the Father of lights, who has given every good and perfect gift from above, beginning with your very life and existence, has given you life. He's given me life. And I don't appreciate that. Every day when we get up, we should thank God for life. Thank God that we're alive. Get into the habit of thanking God that you're alive. And then also, when we're talking about things to give thanks to God for, the habits that we should form, also, if you are a born-again child of God, then you have a reason to give God thanks every day for His unspeakable gift. His name is Jesus. There's a reason to be thankful. There's a reason to be grateful. There's a reason to be appreciative. Isn't that right? Now, not only am I number one alive, I'm alive in Jesus. Hallelujah! I have salvation. What about you? Thank God I'm alive and I'm alive in Jesus and I have life in abundance because He's my Redeemer and my Savior. He's my Lord. And, and Paul the Apostle always gave thanks to God for the unspeakable gift, Jesus. Indescribable. And I'll tell you something else. There's another reason for us to give thanks to God for every day. We should get into the habit of this every day. And that is your health. Someone says, but I'm not totally whole right now. Well, then let me just give a little slash by the health. Health, healing. Health slash healing. Give God thanks for your health and for your healing. You know, if we gave God thanks for our health and for our healing, we'd probably be healthier and get healed more. Did you get that? But you see, we've been taught by the flesh to grumble and mumble and complain. And so instead, we should be giving thanks to God. I thank God for the health that I have. You know, we might have some aches and pains here and there, but give God thanks for the health that you do have and then start thanking Him for the healing that you're receiving. Can you say amen? Thanking God I have life. Thanking God we have eternal life. Thank God we have health. And what about this? Daily provisions. How many of you live in a home? on a street, on a block, even live in a house somewhere. Thank God for your home. Thank God for shelter. Thank God for food. Thank God for clothing. Thank God for water. 
Amen? Amen. Say, what's so big about that? Every street has it on the block. I mean, every, every house on the block has water and all these things. I know that. But not every house gives thanks. I said not every household gives thanks to God for it. Because I'm telling you, if you are the one in your household who gives thanks to God, when the water shut down and the house blows apart, you'll still have shelter, you'll still have clothing, and you'll still have food, and you'll have water to drink. Can you say amen? He proved it in the wilderness. Did He not? Glory to God. Oh, that men would give thanks unto the Lord for His wonderful works unto the children of men and sacrifice a sacrifice of thanksgiving. Glory to God. Give thanks to God daily for life's necessities. What about our friends and co-workers? Think about that. You say, but brother, if you work with the people that I work with, Well, let's start in the body of Christ then, okay? <laughs> what about those, fe- those fellow laborers in the Lord? Let's start with our praise team. You know, each one should be given thanks for the other. You know, do you see what I mean? In other words, and this is just a, this is still a hypothetical scenario. In my hypothetical situation here, this is not speaking any kind of truth or anything like that. If I can do it this way. Rather than having individuals that are working together supposedly to glorify God, w- w- rather than having them criticize each other for missing a note, doing something wrong, all this, shouldn't we be better off to give thanks oh, yeah. to God for each other? Oh, yeah. And I'm not talking about, you know, you missed that one and having a little joke about it or whatever. But I'm talking about not developing a critical spirit and a judgmental spirit. I'm talking about, I thank God for Brother Pete. Thank God for Carolyn. Amen? Thank God for Kelly. Thank God for Tammy. Thank God for Mark and John. I mean, just, and Barb. And just keep thanking God for each other. Do you see that? God wants us to do that. Thank God for Rose. Thank God for Beth. Amen? Thank God Kara came tonight. <laughs> we were hurting there for a while. <laughs> Thank God for Denny. Thank God for Krista. Amen. And everybody else who fills in. Thank God for Eric. That's what he's talking about here. See, he saw those lives as valuable and precious. In other words, we need each other. We need each other. And we should have a an attitude of thanksgiving and a grateful heart and spirit towards people like Paul did. See? Our friends, our co-workers. What about our freedom? What about our freedom? What about opportunity? Something to give God thanks for every day in this, this world in which we live in the United States of America. What about our nation for being born in the great old USA? What about that? Isn't that something to give God thanks for? Isn't that something to be thankful for as a, as a Christian person, as a human being born in this land, in this society of plenty? Thank God we're here. Some of you don't look so enthusiastic about that. We're going to sign you up going to the Philippines next year. We'll put a list up on the, on the board there, brother, and we're, we're going to sign your name up. You'll come back and you'll be thankful to God for the great old U.S. of A. Can you say Amen. Bless the Lord. And what about this one? God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Is that something to be thankful for? See, God wants us to shift our focus away from the negatives of life and get them on all the positives. Thank God for a beautiful facility in which to worship. Amen? Praise God. And it goes on and on and on. Secondly, number two. The first thing is form habits. Begin to develop a habit, you know, of daily thanking God for all these things. Secondly, regular worship 
whether it be private or public, will also help develop within us and help sustain within us a spirit of thanksgiving. You see, beloved, when a person privately worships God, God begins to touch his heart by his spirit. And I believe that he gives us inexpressible words because of the joy of knowing him and because of all the wonderful things that he has done. That person's spirit is touched and he is grateful to God for the privilege of approaching his presence. And then publicly, everybody is encouraged in the scriptures to gather together and assemble together like this publicly as much as we possibly can. And all the more when we see the day approaching of His return, right? Why? That helps us, helps sustain within us a grateful spirit. A thankful spirit. Because you come here and everybody begins to bless God. You hear someone saying, I thank my God for delivering me from this. And I thank my God who did this for me. And I'm just so grateful to God He helped my child. And I'm so appreciative. And somebody else stands up and talks about what wonderful thing God did. And before you know it, it brings out that thankful spirit in you. So regular worship, whether it be private or public, helps sustain within us a spirit of thanksgiving. Thirdly, expressing gratitude to others reinforces the thankful heart. Expressing gratitude to others. That is, mutual appreciation builds families and it builds lives. I always tell this to people when I counsel them for marriage. Do you appreciate the person you're about to marry? Are you thankful to God for this person's life? There should be a mutual appreciation that each one has for the other. And when people appreciate each other, it's then easier to overlook faults and failures that we all have. Amen. You see, beloved, it's easier in the flesh to point out the negatives of a person's life than it is to point out the good qualities and the special characteristics that a person may have and also their special actions. So God wants us to overlook many of the things of a person's life that may be negative for the sake of appreciating the good qualities that a person has. And so when we teach ourselves to do that, beloved, we develop within ourselves a grateful heart. It reinforces within us a grateful spirit. And then we can go about our day pointing out good things about people and ignoring the bad things. And beloved, it'll do your heart good to be that way. I guarantee it. Fourthly, how can I maintain and keep a grateful heart? Refuse to grumble and complain. Teach yourself daily to refuse to grumble and complain. How many of you recall the children of Israel's experience in the wilderness? You talk about Grumble Alley. We're talking about a bunch of complainers, murmurers. Can you see how it was an expression of their heart? It's what they were developed in. Because it didn't really matter what God did for them. Their heart's thanksgiving was fleeting, it was superficial, and but for the moment. When God did it, Hallelujah, praise ye the Lord. Two minutes later, another need. What kind of a God do we serve anyhow? Let He bring us out here to die? I mean, dear Lord. You know, what does He think we are? We've got to have food. We've got to have water. How many times have you found yourself in a position where God just met that need and boy, you just shouted your praise and all of a sudden you find another one and before you know it, oh, you start grumbling about it, complaining about it and murmuring about it. How quick human nature turns away from God. Isn't that true? It so quickly turns away from God. My goodness. 
God doesn't want us to be like that. He wants us to teach ourselves not to complain and not to grumble. Because, you see, life's storms are going to come to every single one of us. And you know, beloved, when a person grumbles and complains like the children of Israel did in the wilderness, I really believe that they are blinded to the positive things of life and the positive things that God does for a person in life. They have blinders on. How many remember the prodigal son of old? Went off and did his thing and came back and his father killed a fatted calf and did all these things, had a wonderful time. Remember all that? How many believe, remember about his brother? The brother was jealous. How many remember that? He thought his, his brother who, had, you know, who forsook the family and did all his own thing... He thought he was getting treated royally when the whole time the father said, look, everything I have is already yours. You've enjoyed it. It's yours. What more do you want? Can you not see that this is a wrong spirit that you're developing here? It's all yours. He was blind to the fact that everything was his already. He didn't see that. And so he began to complain himself. God doesn't want us to get like that, beloved. He wants us to be thankful and grateful. He doesn't want us to grumble and complain because He's a good God. And whatever it is that we face in life, He's going to see us through it. So, what was the end result when the children of Israel grumbled and complained and murmured? God said, look, you're not complaining to Moses. You're not even murmuring about Aaron. You are murmuring at me. He took it personally, didn't He? See, He wants to be the the, the center of our lives. And He wants us to know that He's always there. And that's why we can maintain a grateful spirit. Because no matter what happens, He's right there to meet the need. How else can I keep and maintain a thankful heart? By facing troubles and hardships with a right spirit. You recall the verse of Scripture that says, Endure hardness as a good soldier. You ever read that in Timothy? endure hardness as a good soldier. How many of you are of the opinion that you'll go through life without ever suffering a hardship? How many of you thought when you came to the faith message that you would then go through the rest of your life without ever enduring any problem, facing any difficulty? Some thought that, but they were wrong. But you see, beloved, every single one of us is going to have something come our way that's going to cause hardship. Jesus said the storms of life come to all of us. But the whole idea is this. When hardships come, when troubles come, when trials come, when persecutions come, when all these things come our way, and they will, we are to teach ourselves how to encounter and endure these things with the right kind of spirit. And when I say with a grateful heart, with the grateful spirit, with the spirit of thanksgiving, this is what I mean. James told God's people that when you encounter difficulties, count it all joy, knowing the trying of your faith works patience. In other words, teach yourself to release the power of joy, rather the power of sorrow. Don't feel sorry for yourself but be joyful in God. And you have to teach yourself that because the flesh does not know how to do that. Now, on the other hand, it's important for us to understand that there are some situations that are hardships that we're going to face in this life that really doesn't produce a whole lot of joy. For example, the loss of a close loved one. And in that situation... It's not so much a matter of saying, I count this all joy, but it's a matter of be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Listen carefully. You will mourn over the death of a loved one. You're facing a storm, the storm of bereavement, a difficult situation. You will mourn that death of a loved one, but... In that, you have taught yourself to go to God in prayer and say, Father God, you told me not to be worried, anxious, 
are really overcome by anything in this life. And you can see that my insides are hanging out right now. But I've learned to come to you in prayer. And so I supplicate. And I present my need to you. And now, Father, I believe you're more than enough to help me through this situation that I face in life. With thanksgiving, I thank you, Father, for your presence. In my time of trouble, in my time of sorrow, in my time of pain, in my time of mourning, I thank you, Lord, for your presence. I will not be overthrown by the spirit of grief. I will not be destroyed by the circumstance I face. And it's only because of you. Thank you for giving me strength when mine's been depleted. Thank you for being there and seeing me through. We are taught to face difficult times in life with a different frame of mind and spiritual attitude. One of thanksgiving to God for being there to exchange strengths with us and to empower us to overcome. And finally, the last point. And again, a very important point. We develop and maintain and keep a thankful heart by remembering that everything we have is a gift from God. Everything we have is a gift from God. Your life is a gift from God. As a matter of fact, I read somewhere there in the Bible, and you know where it's at. You are not your own. You've been bought with a price. You and I don't belong to ourselves anymore. In other words, our eternal life has come from God. Your life is a gift from God. Your eternal life is a gift from God. And are you ready for this one? The love that you have in your heart has been shed abroad by the Holy Ghost. That very love that you love people with in this society is a gift from God. It came from Him. Shed abroad your heart by the Holy Ghost. Everything that you have in this life is a gift from God that has come down from the Father of lights with whom there's no variableness neither shadow of turning. And so when we remind ourselves daily that our existence we owe to God and all that we have is because of Him, then we remember to be very thankful. Not only for our person, but also for our possessions. All that we have. And you know, when you're like that, that means since it's a gift given to you from God, then when He tells us to do something with it, like give it to somebody else, it's an easy thing to do, isn't it? Isn't that true? But that will help us maintain and develop a, a thankful heart to remember that everything we have is a gift. And when someone gives you a gift, what is the first thing out of your mouth? Thank you. So when you wake up in the morning and take in your first breath, what will you say? Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Can you see that? And when you remember, I'm born again. After you've found out, I'm alive. Thank you. I'm alive in Jesus. Thank you. I have a roof over my head. Thank you. I have food in the refrigerator. Thank you. I've got water to drink. Thank you. I've got clothing to wear. Thank you. And the phone rings. I've got a friend. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. And let's not forget to thank God for the Holy Ghost. Amen. Oh, I think he's probably one of the most unappreciated members of deity, of the Godhead. That's why that song came up. Thank you, Lord, for the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord, for the Holy Ghost in my life today. God wants us to be thankful. And you know, right now, we are going to celebrate Jesus. And here in this place, we are going to lift our hearts to heaven in gratitude to God for Jesus. Thanks be unto God for His unspeakable gift. Amen. He has given us Jesus. 
if that was the only thing He has ever done for us, that would be enough. And it is enough. You see, He said, if He gave us Jesus and did not withhold Him, how shall He not with Him freely give us all things? So, beloved, the cry of the Father's heart then is that we would just develop a thankful heart and spirit and daily remember how good God is and remind ourselves to constantly be thanking Him. How many of you remember when Jesus... Praises the musicians, if you would, please. Ushers also. How many of you remember when Jesus went there to the gravesite of Lazarus and spoke these words? Father, I thank Thee that You hear me. Remember that? And before that miracle was performed, Jesus expressed thanksgiving to the Father. How many remember when Jesus was about to multiply the loaves and fishes? What did He say? Oh God, my Father in heaven, I thank You. After He had given thanks, He broke the bread. Isn't that true? How many of you remember He taught His disciples to give thanks when they ate their meals? And the Apostle Paul instructed us when we celebrate the Lord's Supper to give thanks. Jesus Himself, after He broke bread, gave thanks to God. See, beloved, God wants us to continuously appreciate Him. Consciously, every moment, every day, for all these things that in some cases are unseen. But in so doing, we will develop a grateful, thankful heart that I believe will open up the door to the riches of heaven itself. Be thankful to God. And tonight, especially for Jesus Christ. Are you thankful to God for Jesus? Amen. I'll tell you what. Let us all show our appreciation. Let's stand together. Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.